So welcome to the Mamas for America podcast. I'm Debbie Corlitis, your host. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us today. Every week, we gather together to inspire, encourage, and educate each other in our journey through motherhood. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you moms, you have the greatest job. You are raising the next generation of patriots. Uh, I want to go ahead and invite you to sign up for our mom memo. That's our newsletter, weekly newsletter. You go to momsforamerica.us. That's our incredibly new website. That's super snappy. All the resources are there. Sign up for our mom memo. Um, Check out our website. I mean, we have just an array of resources that will be so helpful and materials that'll be so helpful for you as a mom. So also subscribe um, to our YouTube and our other formats. We are now on Rumble and we have been added to the Charisma Podcast Network. So this is exciting. Uh, as always, just you know, share this. If, if this podcast is of help to you and you know of a mama friend that would be, this would be helpful, please share this, tag them, do all that fun social media stuff that we all love to do. <laughs> all right, well, today's guest is um, a friend of ours here in Illinois. She is a mom of two boys and she is a Chicago police officer. Stephanie is joining us today to discuss, I'm sure you've heard about this in the news, it's happening in a lot of states, the overreaching vaccine mandates that are causing here in in, um, Illinois, the Chicago police officers to turn in their badges without pay, okay? This is a major story here in Chicago. Like I said, this is happening in other major cities around the country. Um, This is just absolutely outrageous. So we're going to talk about this. What is happening in our country? What is happening to our citizens? Um, Stephanie Mingari is a Chicago police officer on the west side of the city here. She's serving and protecting our residents. Thank you, Stephanie. These officers have been on the front lines through this entire pandemic and now they're facing possible termination. This is crazy. This is unconstitutional, clearly an attack on medical and personal freedoms. So I'm going to go ahead and welcome Stephanie to the Moms for America podcast. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we met, I can't remember, we met through another mama friend and um, Stephanie came and did some videos for us. And I knew I liked her right when I met her because she was just a, a, a mama with some good attitude. Thank you. <laughs> I try, I try. Yes, you do. <laughs> I love it. Tell us a little bit about your family. You have two boys. I do. I have a 16-year-old uh, junior in high school, and then I have a fourth grader who's nine, both boys. Oh, you're busy. Two different two different worlds going on, huh? Yes, two different uh, styles. Uh, <laughs> The 16-year-old's a wrestler, and then the nine-year-old's my swimmer. So this weekend, he had a swim meet in uh, Stevenson High School. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, swimming. Oh, we're so busy as moms, isn't it? But it we is. wouldn't trade it, right? We wouldn't Never. trade it. Like, when my, when my 16-year-old was a lot smaller, his tournaments were like 12-hour days, <laughs> and but for three matches. But it was always worth it. Now he's in high school, so they go a lot quicker, but never would exchange it. I mean, best times of my life are, is watching them swim or wrestle. That is. It's so great to be a mom. Well, let's, let's kind of, before we get going with uh, what's happening here in Chicago, why did you, or why, when, how did you know you wanted to become a police officer? I mean, this is like a special calling. This is right up there with, I don't know, there's a special, there's a certain 
few careers that you would just say have a calling to them. Why did you become a police officer? How this happened? Well, growing up, um, I was actually a police explorer when I was, uh, I believe in eighth grade, all the way to junior year of high school, I believe. And so we would always, we, that was my very first summer job. I was working at the 14th district police station, which is the Shakespeare district, uh, the Logan square Bucktown Humboldt park area. Okay. So I just love, I mean, it was just fun to see, you know, interact with all the officers and see like the different units and believe it or not, I met Steve Wilco when he was working the wagon there before he became the hit that he was, that he is oh, now. Oh, so that's funny. He was 1472 when I was 14 years old. So it's, it was all, it's always been something that's just like, wow, this is just awesome. I love it. And then, um, when I was an undergrad at Robert Morris, um, they were actually recruiting there, but there was a freeze. So we, I put my name on the list to be called. And then there was like a huge freeze that happened, but then I got notified when I was actually living in Wisconsin, getting ready to move back, um, that I was uh, notified to take the written exam in 2006. So I took it in 2006 and I, uh, I was hired in 2008. It took two year, two year process because of, you know, they're trying to catch up, but been there since 2008. Wow. Well, thank you. Right on the top of the show for your service. I mean, all of us so appreciate our police. Thank you. So appreciate our police. Um, So let's talk a little bit about what's happening here in Chicago. Can you explain what this mandate is that the mayor of Chicago is imposing on police officers? Give us kind of a broad overview and then we'll get into it a little bit more specifically. Well, I'm going to take it back a little bit to the 2020 election where our now president said he wasn't mandating vaccines. Oh, yes. So, I do remember that, too. Yeah. Right, in a very controversial debate with uh, then President Trump. So it's like, OK, you know, this is a serious you know, this is serious. It's, you know, I never t- I have never taken COVID for granted or said it's fake or it, I mean, it might be a little bit exaggerated. But yes, people get sick, but people get sick from other diseases as well. Right. Moving forward, all uh, 2020, we were first responders, nurses, doctors, uh, streets and sands, grocery workers, police officers, firemen, we're thrown out there. Right. 12, 14 hour days. I think I worked almost a month and a half, maybe two months straight without a day off, 12 hour days. Not knowing even what, what the situation, not even knowing what COVID really was at that point. Not knowing what COVID was and then add to the looting and rioting that occurred. And and unreal. Yes. And in Chicago, it was tough. It was tough. Yes. I was in downtown watching State Street and Michigan Avenue just pretty much burned to the ground. So it's like all last year we were out there front lines. Um, yes. If you were, if anybody in your family was sick, tested positive for COVID, but you, we didn't show any symptoms. We still had to come to work. Right. Even though we didn't have any symptoms. So it's like fast forward now a year later, now you care about our health. So we signed a contract after four years with our, you know, our amazing FOP president, John Catazare on the FOP. I love them. He's doing a great job. He has, they have all been working. Not, I mean, it's ridiculous. They're at headquarters or at FOP six, seven o'clock in the morning till 10, 11 o'clock at night. So they are an amazing group of women and men that are on there, especially John and Mike Meddy. So we signed our contract September 14th after four years. So it's an eight year contract technically now for because of the past four years, September 14th. Nothing was ever said about condition of employment for that uh, vaccine mandate. Fast forward right. October 8th, we are issued an uh, administrative message throughout the department, well, all city workers, that October, um, come October 15th, you have to submit to the portal where 
and give your vaccination status, whether you're vaccinated and then you have to upload the proof. And then they give you time in case you only had one shot and needed a second shot or if you took just whatever the case was for those who are vaccinated. And then so it's, it's to a porthole, right? Because this is a, really yeah, the, it's, a port, it's a city portal. OK, because well, this is part of where it's this, going. Right. This is part of one phase of yes. one part of the concern, right? This is Yeah, this is phase one. And then so those who are vaccinated have to upload their cards or their information. Those that aren't vaccinated have to um, pretty much agree to twice a week testing. On their was, own dime, on their own dime. On their own dime and we, on time and dime. Time and we, dime, right, okay. Now so that's crazy, out. right. And now it's like, no, everywhere you go, you can get a free COVID test. So for her to say, you have to do it, but the, you have to do it on your own time because I guess now they're checking when people upload uh, like their negative results, they're checking the time and date to see if you, that's your tour, our tour duty is, you know, the hours we work. So apparently they're checking to see if you did it during work hours. However, the teachers get everything they always wanted. That's our another issue. Mm-hmm. Then the teachers, the CTU and the teachers always get their way. They get it on site and they get it during, right, you know, while they're working. They get to get tested. We're like, that's not fair. That's not so fair. So come October 15th at midnight, um, you have to submit a, your exemptions. If you had any exemptions to this day, I have not gotten an approval or a denial for my, I put in a conscientious exemption and a religious exemption and no uh, response, no response. Other people have gotten either one or one denial or two denials. It's like the turtle race. Maybe two people today will get a response. Maybe nobody gets a response. So it's like, I still don't know if I was granted or denied anything. So um, we were getting uh, messages from um, the first deputy saying, um, if you don't comply, and then also the city workers, if they didn't comply, you know, possible Mm -hmm. uh, no pay status termination. However, we were the only ones that actually got put in a disciplinary no pay status. The firemen, I believe, don't quote me, were sent home told to come back when they uh, were vaccinated. I don't know how the other city workers are, but for the police officer, for CPD, uh, the deadline was that Friday or Saturday, whatever that the deadline was for it. Monday was the 18th. Uh, they started calling units. I'm assigned to 15, which is the West side of Chicago, but I've been okay. uh, detailed to, um, you know, uh, the Bureau, uh, Bureau of Detective Training Unit where I, I do the administrative for the in-service training for detectives that were promoted or keeping up with their certification. So okay. they called my unit first or a bunch of our, the smaller units first. So, so starting with the smaller units, yes, trying and, to get this rolled out. Okay, yeah, because I, I can see that there's no way they could have started with patrol and have, of course. you know, the patrol officers. So they started off with the smaller units, which um, makes us feel like, or at least makes me feel like, wow, I'm, am I not that valuable that you think right, uh, you're disposable or something? We're disposable. So you know, we show up to um, we show up to headquarters, and then we went through the three phases. Uh, the, the three steps before we were, I was officially put on a no pay status. So right now you are at home on a no yes. pay status. I am since and, October 19th. Okay. So no pay, no work, thousands no. of police officers at this point. Right now, um, a, a, about 18, I believe um, John Catazzaro, he does his every other day, YouTube videos on the F, on FOP Lodge seven YouTube page. So last week, 18 officers went back because uh, they were, you know, eventually we're going to lose our medical. So my medical is going to run out 
probably in the next, within the next week. Um, so a lot of them went back because, you know, they have children and they're like, we, I just can't afford to not have medical insurance. Right. So I, I want to say he's, he, in his video on Friday, he said, maybe there's still, there's about 30 of us now still in no pay status, but I'm one of the first, I'm still the one of the few from the very first day strips. I thought there were thousands affected though. I want to make no, sure yeah. I'm saying there's, that there was, um, when the deadline passed, there was over 3,500 not compliant. Okay. 3, so that, but yeah. no pay status. There's about 30 little, maybe a little over 30. Okay. Uh, so there's a difference. There's the, yes. right. There's those that are affected and those that are right now are no pay status. So yes. if you want to go back, you have to either have the vaccine. Uploaded. Well, right now, all we have to do is comply with the portal. Well, comply with the portal, but yes. but that's uploading your information. Yeah, that's either saying you're vaccinated, uploading your vaccination card, or saying you're not vaccinated, but are willing to undergo twice a week testing until okay. December 31st. And then what happens December 31st? January 1st, they, the mayor, the city uh, is requiring all city workers to be vaccinated. If not, they're going to possibly face no pay status up to termination. So no testing even? No testing. Okay, we had to, so the paperwork or the messages that came out from for all city workers, uh, testing was only going to be available until December 31st. I know all of us that are listening to this and watching this around the country, Chicago, not only in Chicago, in New York and all, all these other large cities are wondering how in the world is this even happening? Like you said, you've been on the front lines, you've been serving and protecting. This goes for our nurses, this goes for our doctors, this goes for our teachers, this goes for everyone. All of a sudden now, either you do this or you're gone. You lose exactly. all of your, your retire, you, you, lose, you lose everything that you have built and given. I mean, yes. this is absolutely crazy. I, I just don't know how this is even legal. And I know the FOP, the union, they've been fighting this. How, what are they telling you? How, how, how is this even, I, I just don't know how this is happening. It, it is actually, it's, it's, I'm speechless, truly. I, I mean, we all know it's an unlawful order. Um, that's what we, that was how I was stripped. I was a deputy chief, you know, the three state stages, uh, the last final stage, um, you're given the final direct order to comply with the portal, which I refused. So, you know, that- You had to turn uh, your badge in. That we, I, they took my star and my ID in the second stage. The first stage we come in and we talk to our immediate uh, superior, which was our deputy chief of, and it was a counseling session, like a recommendation, you know, you should comply. So I, I refused then. Then I went down to this, uh, another deputy chief who asked for my credentials and gave me another opportunity to comply. I refused again waiting in a line. It was like three hours it took us. And there was, it was ridiculous how long it took to process all of them. The few that were there, the, there was a bunch. Some people did comply. But by the time I got to the final stage um, and he, uh, the deputy chief read me the direct order about the COVID policy and I refused, that's when I was officially placed on non-disciplinary no pay status, which now apparently they changed it to now it's disciplinary no pay status, which is like, how can you do that? That's it's an unlawful yeah. order in their minds. It's a lawful order. I'm like, it's not a lawful order. And I'm and what hurts me the most is like, there are officers who are stripped now, getting paid in callback, which is answering the phones, who have committed, uh, you know, violated policies for the, in the department. 
we I we got no due process. We were stripped no. of our credentials and police powers right there and then, and we received no due process. So they violated our due process. They violated our constitutional, moral beliefs, religious beliefs. And it's like, this: you, you can't force me to enter my information. You can't force me to get a vaccine. And I'm not right. an anti-vaxxer. I tell people, my kids are vaccinated. We need more research. Right. We need, you know, you know, there's natural immunity, which, you know, Right. We're not even talking about, by the way. No, right. Not, no one's talking about it. And it's like, and, and then, not, and, yeah. right. And hot off the press now, right. We now know that the vaccinated are, are getting sick, are getting sick with COVID and can pass COVID as well. So is, I keep thinking to myself, well, why isn't everybody taking a test twice a week then? Because the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, and I get it. I know what they're saying that, you know, it's different and all this stuff. And everybody has a take on the vaccine. This really, this really, you know, we just say to all the moms, whatever you want to do with the vaccine, that is your decision. But we're just talking about really the principles of liberty, our constitutional rights. If we feel like there is not enough research or we are not comfortable, we have autoimmune issues. We have uh, our, maybe, you know, we're have high allergies, whatever it is, we just don't want to do this right now. Should people lose their job? What is this doing to police officers right now? Oh, to you? the morale is horrible. Like, um, like I said, uh, FOP has been, like, I mean, they're kicking butt. And so they connected all of us who are stripped and no pay. And we have this group where we're constantly reaching out to one another. So there's days where, you know, some of the officers are like, I can't, I'm like, I'm having a bad day. And we just were there for them. You know, uh, the chaplains of our department have been reaching out to us. So we, you know, the thing is we're getting support from a lot of people. We didn't think we would get support from. Right. And then, you know, we're getting backlash from people that we thought would support us. So I mean, the morale is low to begin with. I mean, the morale has been low in our department for a couple last few years. Last year was pretty low. And I think the the one thing uh, a couple of weeks ago, the aldermen were voting on whether right. this mandate and for this mayor um, to say that, to point out that four officers died of COVID, which they did, three officers and a sergeant, very sad that they passed away during COVID, right? Like of course. Um, one of the officers of course. Um, right in the beginning of COVID passed away. But and then for the city, their city attorney last week to say that um, compared to suicide rates, saying that we're pretty much putting a gun to our head. This is what they said in the court hearing, putting our gun to our head for putting ourselves in this process. To say that COVID is the number one killer of police officers is it's totally wrong. Suicide is the number one killer of police officers. Traffic, uh, traffic incidents, domestics. Mm-hmm. random disturbance calls. That's how police officers get killed. And right. then we take our own lives. So for them to compare this to um, suicide was just disgusting. And, you know, so she mentions the four officers. She never once mentioned Ella French, who was killed. Mm. So, and then she said, oh, 6,500 people in Illinois or Chicago died from COVID. That's unacceptable. What about the countless children and people who are getting murdered and killed every day? The carjackings. Right. I mean, think the, about Chicago know, with like, the violence rate, right? It's like you care more about controlling us than you do care about controlling the crime in the city. You know, then we have a state's attorney who doesn't prosecute. So it's like, well, you're trying to control us because you can't control the crime and what's going on in Chicago every day. Right. So that's the disturbing part that she cares more about my medical history than <laughs> c- criminals 
than 14 year olds who are carjacking people who are like six foot two, 180 pounds. And I'm supposed to know that that's a kid. So it's right. like, I mean, the, we, we, the priorities we, are so bad. We have no idea what it's like to be a police officer Mm-mm. and the challenges that you face on a daily, daily situations, um, let alone now say to you, well, you know, you've been serving and protecting everyone, but too bad. Uh, we don't, we don't care. That that's really what I see. And I just feel like the police have been gotten such a, a bad, bad rap. And definitely, I can't imagine what it was like to be through, you know, to kind of live through this whole COVID situation and all the riots and I mean, I remember uh, a friend of ours was just wondering and praying to God that her husband was going to come home because it was really, really scary. So what can we do to make sure that our police officers know how much we appreciate them, we value them, and really to work with them in this pandemic? You know, what, what can we do to make sure that we can hold on to our police instead of chasing them away and firing them? Um do you think the, what is the FOP saying? Just hang in there? They're, hang in there. I mean, they're fighting it. You know, we, we had a judge there was, that we're glad was taken off our case because she has a real close connection with the mayor. Okay. She's the one that put the gag order on John. Oh, uh, right. So it went to another judge, Judge Jacobius. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And then he moved it towards, you know, so now we have Judge Mitchell who, um, it's now this is going into arbitration, which is what we wanted from the beginning. Our collective okay. bargaining rights. You have you to wanted negotiate. to discuss this. Right. Exactly. Let, let, try to come to the middle with the FOP, with all the unions. If they can't come to the middle ground, take it to an arbitrator. This is what we wanted. She wasn't doing that. She clearly doesn't care about violating our rights or violating our, our union rights. It's like, we have a union for a reason. If we lose our union now, what, What's what's going to happen next year? What is she going to want right. us to do next year? Now right. we're going to work sixteen hour days. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, as of right now, everybody's uh, first day off is canceled until further notice. Wow. So now, people officers are going to be working, you know, five days, six days straight before their first day off till further notice. So it's like, well, that's because you can't control the crime because you're focusing on something else. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had one of our deadliest weekends, I believe, not this past weekend, the weekend before. We had a forgot how many people shot in one day for November. It was like a, a record for November temperatures to have that many people shot and killed in one day. We have a lot of issues going on, Yeah. let alone trying to force people to, to take a vaccine and not yeah. respect their rights and work within some type of, of negotiation point. Definitely. Um, what is, what is this doing to safety now on the streets? Um, they are, they, just started within the last couple of weeks hitting patrol. But again, um, when the deadline hit, it was about 3,500 officers non-compliant. Okay, all 3,500 officers should have been called in at once. And not, don't pick, she's, they're picking and choosing who they're calling. Uh, the last I heard, the districts were picking bills that were not compliant, but knew they were gonna comply once put under pressure. So now they're picking and choosing who's getting you know, we need four, you need five of your list of who are, let's say there's 20 in a certain district. We need five of them. They're picking and choosing. We know this person is going to comply and sending them. I mean, and this is like, a terrible, 
I mean, it's, it's it like, seems like it's you know, some weird game. It's I mean, discrimination, is, in my opinion, it's like it's terrible. How, how is it that I've been on no pay status since October nineteenth, and you're just barely touching all the officers off that list? And it's like by the time December thirty first comes, it's like, are they even going to get to thirty five hundred officers? You know, no so clue, I'm just right? like, wow. Um, so everything really is up in the air. It is. And, you know, it's, you know, it's Christmas time coming up, you know, it's, you know, we're, you know, people are struggling and thank God um, the FOP created a heroes fund for us. So officers and people, you know, Hmm. they're donating. And I've seen people from like Florida, Texas, retiring politicians, aldermen donating. And what is that called? The heroes fund? It's the heroes fund. It's on our FOP lodge seven website. Um, okay. If you go onto the uh, FOP website, it's right. It's one of the links there and it's the heroes fund. It's, it's kind of like a GoFundMe, but I don't think it takes what GoFundMe okay. percentage takes. So if we, if we want to donate, we can help yeah. the Chicago it's, police officers that are actually without pay right now. Yeah. And it's, and you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see other people. And then the comments are like, I love it. Like we see people who are like, we're not police officers, but we support you. Even teachers. I've had teachers tell me i wish we had a union that fought like your union yeah and you know the, I mean, the, the teachers and we you know we could get a little you know like but to see all these teachers and social workers saying wow why did my union fight for us and i right. you know it's like you know say what you want about john c but and mike meddy and the fop uh the rest of the, our union they're they're amazing and they're fighting and mm-hmm. and that's why it's like you know what I know that in the end, if I do get terminated, you know, let's say this, once it goes into arbitration, who knows when, how long it's going to take. And they decide, well, either you're going to comply or you got to go. I'm going to leave with my head held high that I fought for my constitutional right. I know, especially now last year. And then this, I know I'm better than this job. We're just numbers. They don't care about us personally. They're not, Oh, Stephanie, we care. No, you don't care about me. You care about your numbers and you care about, looking good Mm. you don't care about me personally and i know that there's so many officers that are way above this job that should be proud of the work they've done and in the end if we lose it i know i'm gonna be okay i've always been a fighter i've always been a hard worker (laughs) i'm just gonna keep moving on yeah that's right god's got other plans unfortunately we hate to lose our good yeah you know our police officers you know we just that's what i said i was like you're losing the good officers you i have no discipline on my record at all Right. At all. Uh, a, a lot of the oh. officers that are in no pay status, they're not trouble officers. They don't, you know, maybe they miss a court date and they got deviated for court or maybe they took off and they shouldn't have taken off, but nothing like serious. There's not one of the members in our group that's in no pay status is a discipline issued officer. Wow. And it's like, you're going to lose good officers in the end because- This is happening all across the country. What are you telling your boys about this? I mean, as a mom, I'm just listening. I'm thinking, you know, we've got moms listening here that maybe police officers, maybe not, maybe their husbands are, maybe they're fire, maybe they're nurse, teachers, stay at home moms, whatever it is, we have to be true to ourselves. Like you say, what what, what are you telling your boys? Uh, In 2020, uh, President Trump said he said this um, I don't know if it was during the debate he said they're not coming after me they're coming after you I'm just in their way Mm. they're not coming after me they're going to come after our children and I refuse so I tell my boys 
this is fighting for my rights. You know, I know I didn't do anything wrong. My right. little guy always says to mommy get her job back. And I'm like, no baby. And he's like, oh, I wish you were a police officer again. And you know how 16 years old are, they're Mr. Cool. So he's just like, that's tough mom. That's, <laughs> I'm like, thanks. He said, but I could tell he was just like, and that's his loving way of saying it. Right. But I tell them like, I just, and I ask them too. I'm like, do you guys want to get vaccinated? And they say, both say no. So I feel like I'm raising them right. And my my 16 year old, he's just like, I'm not a guinea pig. I'm not gonna be a guinea pig. And they both go to Catholic school. So um, it's not getting pushed, but it's kind of getting pushed, but not the way um, other like universities are. You know, I have to say CPS isn't really forcing on their students because be, you know, get, let's get real. A lot of the students and a lot of the parents are can't afford private education. So I know right. she's not forcing it onto like community colleges because she, then she knows who's going to go to college if you're going to force it. But like the private colleges, it's really shocking to see them force this vaccination policy. Right. I mean, but there I is a me. lot. This yeah. is a lot. This is very, very, very complicated. It is. And, and so I just I tell feel them, like you gotta fight. You, if you, I'm like, if it's right, you fight for it. If it's unlawful, you fight for it. I'm like, you just have to keep fighting. And like, you know, I said, I, I, I know it's in God's hands now. He, you know, he only, he can guide our path. He, we're, we're here for a reason. And, um, you know, I'm going to just let God take lead, you know, my beliefs and my morals. And in the future, if I do want to get vaccinated, if I do want to get my kids vaccinated, you know, that's my choice, but then you have that right. Yeah. My vaccination. When you decide, right. When you decide not the school, not the state, not your job, um, not your employer, when you as a mom are comfortable vaccinating your kids, if you do. And for you as a person, when you're comfortable, if you do, that's what really is, is the basis of this. What do you tell other moms that are listening? Because I know a lot of moms are in similar situations. Maybe their, their, their jobs are on the line. Um, Maybe their husbands are, and and, and this isn't a, there's this not a a one for all on this, right? I guess really, it's it's just all of us, all of us kind of following what we feel is in our hearts. Definitely. And, and, and it's heartbreaking to see the ones who didn't have a choice who are like, I just couldn't, I can't afford it. And I, I, it's what you can do for your family. Um, and it's heartbreaking because they're like, I had no choice or they didn't realize they had a choice or they don't have a union to fight for them, or they don't have a union who feels this is worth fighting for. And it's like, you have to do what's best for your family, but, um, I know that there's plenty of jobs out there that, you know, small businesses it'll take, you know, it's like, you know, do what's best for your family. Right. And it may just be, um, a part of a, you know, feeling a little unsecure in this journey. Maybe, you know, maybe this next year will be different or, um, I guess, you know, there's just no guarantees. We we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what the future holds, but I do know that, you know, there are a lot of um, groups fighting for um, medical freedom. And we do have a lot of those on our website as well, momsamerica.us. And you can go ahead and look at our COVID page because there are, um, you know, guides to uh, filling out paperwork for an exemption. There are attorneys, there are cases, there's cases happening here in Illinois, on multiple levels, right? At the schools, you've got unions fighting, you know, you've you really have to um, go down this road and see what's available for you. You know, we've just seen with the president, right? He said, this has to happen. Then a court came back and said, no, it doesn't have to happen. So this is still 
this is still playing out. Yes, it is. It's still playing out. And like, how do you go from saying I'm not going to mandate to I am going to mandate? And it brings you back to, you know, mandate, fire you. Goodbye. Yeah. And it's like, wow. But then certain people, certain groups, certain professions are exempt from it. And it's like, well, no, how's that? How's that possible? Like, how, how are they exempt and I'm not exempt? And when I approach someone that I'm going to talk to on the street, should I stop them and say, hey, I can't talk to you unless I see your vaccine card. I can't help you. I can't give you police service unless I see your vaccine card. No, we help everybody. And again, last right. year, we were front lines, knowing, not knowing what, you know, with a piece of cloth that doesn't protect you from, you know, getting spit on, getting stuff thrown at us, inhaling, you know, fumes from like when they, you know, they had, they pepper sprayed or they threw gases out there. And it's like, if this is a pandemic so big that we, you know, so deadly, so scary, but yet they can afford to lose first responders. They can afford to fire scientists, fire doctors, nurses, firemen, you know, streets and sanitations, grocery workers, you know, everybody, truck drivers. I mean, their truck driver shortage is ridiculous. Right. It's like, this must not be that big of a pandemic. It's about control because you would want to do everything you can possibly do for not just American people for our entire, the entire world. I mean, look what's going on in Australia. Like I I can't imagine if that happened, you know, and Austria too now. Yes. I mean, this is, wow. This is, this is crazy. So um, we, we yes. just wish you the best. Thank you. Um, thank you for standing, you know, for freedom. Thank and, uh, and again, you know, we just, we respect everyone's freedoms to do what they feel in their home with their children and their body. And we just, we're praying, you know, we, we want this pandemic. Everyone wants this over. We want to figure out how life goes on. We want to do the best that we can and and protect our kids and, and go to work and serve one another. And definitely. So um, thank you for, for joining us. And thank you. And I want to say to all moms, you know, whether you're a house mom, a housewife, uh, no kids, kids, pets, you know, working mothers that, you know, we can fight, you know, we, we wanted to fight we fought for our rights for many, many years. And now we do, we have them and we can't just let something like this, especially if it's you're religiously or morally against your, you know, what your beliefs are, or just, you know, like myself, constitutional rights and union rights, it's something worth fighting for because I want to show my kids that in the end, good will prevail. If it's a positive ending, I'll be more than grateful. If it's a negative ending at me getting separated, I know that I did my best and I'm going to take my boys and we're just going to move on and continue to live. You know, it's a beautiful, amazing country. We're right. free for a reason and we need to continue to fight for our freedom. Wow. Thank you, Stephanie. I Thank love you. it. You know, and it's in, in, we don't know what God has in store and sometimes no. closes, what is it? Close the door, open the window, close the window, open the door. Yes. <laughs> you know, forth, uh, we know, right. It's Right. We know that there's going to be other options and other opportunities. So thank you for your service. Thank you. And um, we're going to keep an eye on what's happening all around the country. We're going to be praying for our officers. Um, Again, this is even city workers here. This is affecting a lot of people. So we need to keep everyone in our prayers that God will just direct them and guide them. And thank you so much. All Thank right. You. I will uh, look to hear from you soon and we'll be following you um, and just hoping and praying everything works out. And I Thank know it will. So much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, Stephanie. 
Um, wow. What a story, right? Moms, you've got, uh, so many challenges right now, but, um, we want to encourage you to stay strong and stay focused. Um, cause God's got big things in store for all of us. Uh, also make sure you stop by our website, right? Momsforamerica.us. As I mentioned, we have a lot of information available for our moms there. There's a whole COVID page. There's information that will help you in your journey if you're fighting this and trying to find out what options are available for you and your family. Again, we have the Cottage Meeting Project, which is our showcase project. That is on our website. Um, we just have a lot of great information. So we want to help you as a mama do the best job that you can uh, in your home raising your kids. We believe that you are so important and that moms are the heartbeat of the home. Keep teaching, keep loving, keep training your kids. We're so glad that you joined us and we will see you next week. And moms, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. God bless.